welcome back to another episode of the Bet GPT podcast. This is episode five, and today is the college football preview, part one. So we have uh, my usual co-host, Austin Slade. We got Austin Hackford back um, from his one episode hiatus. Hack, it's good to have you back in the building, my man. How you doing? Good. Good evening, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. How how's the road show been? It's been busy. Wrapped up all all the media days. Some conference realignment in the meantime. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you got some. I'm sure you got some good nuggets for us. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. But real quick, we need to talk about um, our six pack from last week. Which there's no other way to put this than saying it was an abject disaster. Um, we went zero and three. Um, despite my wishes, Slade gave us a plus one sixty baseball play, and it lost. Believe it or not, uh, he had the White Sox over the Rangers, and I don't even think the White Sox scored a run. Yeah, Heaney set a career high in strikeouts. So you know, sometimes you just—it's just bad luck, just a bad beat. Yeah. Which is funny because we were talking about the most strikeouts um, market, yeah. and Strider got second, and Heaney got first. Is that right? Yeah, Heaney was Heaney's net was like projected five and a half inch with eleven. He has he hasn't had more than eight all year, but he beat Strider, who had 10, 10 plus in like every game this last couple of months. Yeah, so we lost that play. Um, we also lost the Cubs Reds under as I think there was 25 runs in the game. We bet yeah. under eight and a half. Yeah, that they, ended uh, in the second inning. They had 20 in the in that 24 hour period. They scored more runs than they did in 126 years. So sometimes, you know, I guess I'm on a, a streak of being cold, but we'll if, live. If anything, the nice thing about sports is we just randomly get to witness history. So let's just enjoy yep. these performances. And tip our cap to them, and um, we also need to tip our cap. We need to tip our what? I said the betting gods will balance it out in the long run. The betting gods, yes. I'm saying we need to tip our cap to the Jets and Browns too, because we once again bet against human performance. We wanted them to score under 33 and a half, and they scored um, well above that. They scored a touchdown to push it above 33 and a half with like eight minutes to go. If you're going to lose a bet by betting against Zach Wilson, you can live with that. Yeah, he's a dog. Yeah, can't do anything about it. So, yeah, we went 0-3 last week, uh, and we went up 0.54 units um, the week before. So we're, like, basically under, or we're in the negative 2.5 units. Nothing nothing too bad, nothing to worry about, especially when Gunder Henderson ends up winning AL Rookie of the Year. He shifted Mm -hmm. to the odds-on favorite in the low plus 100s. We got that at plus 230. Um, we had our EPL plays. Um, so if you haven't listened to the pod um, for the EPL preview, please listen to episode four. And then we also bet on Team USA to reach the World Cup semifinals. Um, and I believe they play a couple days from now. So, um, which would be, I think, August 6th. I think we also speaking gave of the world. Speaking say, of the World Cup, though. Also- did, you see, uh, did you see what happened to our, our queen, Alex Pop? I saw she scored a goal. Yeah, well, Germany also got eliminated from the World Cup. They somehow lost to Colombia and Morocco. Or excuse me. Yeah, excuse me. They beat Morocco in the first match. Second match, they lost to Colombia. And then they played South Korea a couple days ago. 
she scored for her fourth goal, but they did not um, they did not win, and Colombia got upset by Morocco, so Germany got eliminated. Um, I don't even really know what to say. It was Alex Pop against the world, and, and her Germany teammates let us down. So I'm not going to apologize for that bet. It was 16 to one. It was down to three to one. Could have hedged. We we could have hedged, but we don't hedge on this pod on this podcast. Sometimes we, we do, but yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. Um, in terms of the plays we're giving out today, we are not giving out an official six pack. We'll save that for. Uh, I believe we're going to record next Tuesday, which is August Tuesday, August eighth. Um, so we have another six pack for you guys. Um, we'll probably bet on some more unders in, in the preseason. I'm not going to shy away from those. But uh, today we're just going to talk college football. Um, Hackford and Slay, they, they have a lot of good recommendations and leans. Um, and I don't. it wouldn't be fair just to kind of dumb it down to six picks. We're going to talk about a variety of things. Um, and basically kind of you guys, if, if you have a connection with one of these picks, then I would, I would tell you to tail one of those. So. We can we can get into college football here, Slade. I'll let you kind of take over as being the host right now. Um, where do you want to start? What's what, what's the move with college football this year? Um, I mean, let's just let's just quickly talk about the twenty twenty three season and how that's going to shape up. This will be the last year of the fourteen playoff and kind of the, the college football as we know it with this the conference alignment um, starting in twenty twenty four. It's going to move to a 12-team playoff. Uh, for those of you who don't know how that's going to work, they're going to take the six highest-ranked conference champions. They'll receive an automatic bid. Uh, and then the remainder of the field, so those last six spots, are just going to go to the six highest-ranked teams in the college football planking, college football ranking uh, uh, rankings. And then f- the highest, the four highest-ranked conference championships Champions, they're going to get a buy in the quarters. So then you're going to get in that first round, it'll just be like the five versus the 12, the six versus the 11, seven versus 10, eight versus nine. Um, okay. So there's 12 teams in it. Yes. It's 20, it starts in 2024. Yes. By 2030, do you think an eight, nine, 10, 11, or 12 seed even gets within 10 points in a game? Is that, that's too much. There's no way any of those teams have a chance. Versus a five, six, seven seed, eight seed. Or, or are we just saying like in like in a semifinal? Yeah, and in, in a yeah in a semifinal that yeah because I mean the top four the top four seeds get a buy. So I mean a I guess, seven versus ten seed I don't feel like is some big mismatch. Yeah, no, you're right. I should have said two wins. So okay, getting that traditional fair. four teams remaining. I think I just base, feel like. Go ahead. Who's the sixth conference? That's the what sixth? I was going to get to. That's that's okay. basically saying the the best G5 team. Yeah. So that's like Cincinnati or uh, Houston or Boise Shout State. Out. But at that point, Cincinnati's the Big 12. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying like historically speaking. But like yeah. it would be like – that's the thing too is like there's not going to be as many good G5 teams if we're all like – UCF's gone, Houston, Cincy. Hey, Who's I have left? a question. I have a question. With the conference realignment we're about to get in, why doesn't a team like Stanford just get out of the Pac-12 and go to a small conference so they can just take that spot every year? I feel like that's kind of money. That's what <laughs> that's what Oregon and Washington should have done, in my opinion. 
They yeah. should have stayed they would, in the Pac-12, yeah, right? Yeah, they would have stayed in the Pac-12. One so of those two teams would have got an automatic bid every single year. Okay, so let's let's get into that then. What what's what's the realignment look like? So this this summer so far, I'll just go kind of chronologically. Colorado is officially a member of the Big Twelve. I think that starts twenty twenty four. So simple math: twelve plus one equals thirteen. Uh, thirteen is an odd number. I don't see a conference sticking with that. So it sounds like Arizona's. Um, got an offer to be that 14th team. I think as we record, it's not official official, but it's, it sounds like it's basically a done deal barring any last second changes. Um, and then, so that left, they, they were doing a TV negotiation and I think that obviously was going pretty poorly. So, that, and I think that was with Apple TV, but Washington and Oregon were looking around like the PAC 12 might turn into a disaster uh, the Big Ten vetted them two years ago, and it sounds like as of, I think, this morning, um, they extended them an offer to join the Big Ten. Uh, so the Big Ten will be 18 teams. I don't know about you guys. I think it's going to get to 20. Um, do you agree? And do you think, who do you, who do you want to see as those two teams if you do uh, want to see 20? Hey, real quick, is this for college basketball, too, and other sports? Or how does yeah, that work? Yeah, I think it's everything. I think this is cool for basketball, just having more teams in there because um, they'll add more conference games and then it'll be less, maybe less non-conference games. I guess I don't know how that works. Maybe not. It'll maybe be it'll be cool it. having – I think the Big 12 already got better with basketball, adding Cincinnati and Houston. And, um, I mean, UCF kind of sucks. But now if they get Arizona, that's a pretty legit basketball program. But we're not here to talk college basketball. Um but who who would who else could the Big Ten potentially now? I, I can't imagine they're just going to stop at eighteen. I mean, what would you do? Two nineteen leagues? Or are you going to do four five team divisions? Uh here's what you do: you kick Oregon and Washington out, and <laughs> as well as Rutgers and Maryland, and you get the traditional Big Ten back in place. But then you got to get rid of Penn State, right? No, Penn State's traditional Big Ten. As of what, like 1990-something? Yeah, for our lifetime. Okay. So, okay, Washington and Oregon are, like, unofficially in as of today, August 4th. Yeah, is and it, they're not getting a full just, share. Is it just for – did the Big Ten do that just for money? I mean, why Why are they even doing this? No, money. they – no, but the, the TV deal that they already got, they're not getting more money because they're bringing in – Oregon and Washington. So they're just cutting two slices of the money that they already agreed on to Oregon and Washington. That's why I, it doesn't make any sense. At least for I, this year. Yeah. Oregon and Washington aren't full members. They're they're like getting a partial share. So they, they aren't getting a full one eighteenth of the pie. Um I don't yeah, I agree. I don't know how that works when you just did a TV deal. I doubt they're gonna renegotiate before it even starts. Um obviously they probably are sitting there like the Seattle TV market. Portland TV market, but like those don't really move the needle for college football. I feel like no, it doesn't. I don't. I don't get it. I can get behind USC, I guess, even though I don't like it, just because they're a brand for college football. But um, it's Oregon, good a, it's good to get a blue blood in, and Oregon's like one level off being a blue blood, maybe two. Yeah, but do they really need that? 
You already have Ohio State, Michigan, now USC, Penn State, the Hawks. Well, maybe maybe 10 years from now, you talk about kicking teams out, maybe they will start from the bottom and, and start gutting it, and they'll get rid of Rutgers or Northwestern. If, if a team was going to get kicked out, wins. if a team's going to get kicked out, who is it? It's got to be Northwestern, right? Probably. Yeah, they're they're in trouble for a while for football. I don't know because they don't bring in money. They're not. They're the fourth most popular team in their own city. They're only here for academics. Yeah, yeah. I I guess when I think about what two teams could be the nineteenth and the twentieth, I think there's only like three or four possible teams. I think. I think the one that people are sleeping on is Stanford. I know that you're going to be like, they're kind of similar to Northwestern, but if you're going to do this whole have four teams out West, I feel like logistically it makes sense to just make that six. But uh, then you're going to have to split. You're going to have to split it back to East and West. And it's just going to be basically the PAC 12 playing each other and the big 10 playing each other. And then they beat the big 10 championship. Well, I guess with like I guess, a couple crossover games. Well, I guess and what if you the, did the Big Ten championship is just the Rose Bowl? That'd be hilarious. It's just well, what, what if they do this? What if they put Stanford in as the nineteenth team and the twentieth team goes hypothetically to Notre Dame, and that's a whole different discussion. But then you have five teams out west, and you have twenty teams. You could do four or five team pods. Yeah, I don't. And they just play so those teams if, play if each other four, every year. If it's four five team pods, how does the so the championship game is just going to be the top two teams out of a twenty-team league. I mean, I don't. Do you do a semi? See, that's I don't. I don't know. Yeah, because I don't gonna know how work. that's going to work. If, yeah, if you have twenty teams and you don't have like a East-West or any divisions, if you just have the top two teams playing the championship, there's going to be so many tiebreak. Like, let's say one team goes undefeated, but then the next three teams, three or four teams, each have one loss. Then you're getting in the championship game off some like fifth tiebreaker. Yeah, I guess I also don't know how it would work because if you're already doing a 12 team postseason, what would be the point of having a conference semifinal? Okay, but I, should we even be concerned about conf- the conference title in the Big Ten? Because if you look at like the SEC a couple of years ago and it was Georgia, Alabama, Georgia didn't care that they lost. The conference title game, they just went to the playoff and then avenged Alabama in the final. That's true. So with with the with the uh, the playoff being pushed to twelve, it doesn't even matter if you get screwed over a tie. If anything, it's like, all right, we don't have to play an yeah. extra game. We I was going to say, rest. with the twelve team playoff, does having a conference title game even matter anymore? Because there's only two, we we basically admitted there's only two conferences that matter. So there's only going to be two conference champions that matter. And then they're going to have to, okay, congrats. You won this conference title game. You played an extra game, possibly two games. And your reward is to enter a 12-team tournament. Nobody wants to do that. You would almost be better. I mean, the only thing that you probably get out of that is you have a better chance of getting a buy and being one of those top four teams. That. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if it's Ohio State, Michigan, like it, or, or excuse me, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan playing like Wisconsin or Iowa, it's like the the Ohio. As much as you guys don't like hearing it, the Ohio State, Michigan is going to win like nine times out of ten. That's what history has has shown us. So, it like it doesn't even matter that 
that like Wisconsin's in like they're in it just to try to like sneak into the playoff. If Ohio State loses the Big Ten title game, they're still in. There, there's zero percent chance that an undefeated team in a title game, if they lose, is, is out of the twelve team. So why do they even care? I guess it would just be yeah. for the buy. It would but, literally just be for seeding. I feel like we're. Yeah. It's gonna get to the point where the commissioner of the SEC and the Big Ten need to just like collab and be like, how do we want to work our postseason with our conference into the playoff? But back to Stanford, the reason I, I think Stanford makes sense. Oh, besides just being out West and being, you know, a, a good partner for those other four schools. Um, they already have a rivalry with uh, Notre Dame. So if, if you can kind of get them as a package deal, you're, you're suddenly, you already have three or whatever of Notre Dame's every, annual rivalry games, all the big 10. I mean, if you want to get some leverage, you just have to say, okay, our big 10 teams are no longer going to play Notre Dame. If you don't join a conference and then what do they do? Yeah. I don't know, dude. Stanford, I could get behind. If they are going to go to 20, I could get behind Clemson and Florida state, but Stanford doesn't get me out of bed in the morning. Neither does Washington. Neither does UCLA. USC, I, I guess, and Oregon, I guess. I feel like I feel like if you get Stanford, it makes kicking Northwestern out a lot easier because they're just a better version of Stanford at everything. Like academics, sports, everything about them is better than Northwestern. I also think Northwest. I mean, not that we really care, the average person really cares, but Stanford does kind of fit culturally with when you look at the other sports. I mean, Northwest or Stanford wrestling uh, would we'll fit see, in the Big Ten pretty well. We'll see if Stanford can even hold up their past two coaches. Right, currently they have David Shaw, and then they had Harbaugh. Two arguably all-time great coaches like are they going to keep that up or are they just going to get some joe schmo and then win four games for the rest of the next 20 years i think i think if you ask the average big 10 fan if they like this their answer is going to be no and i think a lot of it's going to be because like if i ask hack does this help or hurt iowa's odds to to like make their schedule easier. No, like you're Iowa now might have to face USC, Oregon, Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state all in the same year. I mean, I don't know if it would ever work kinda, out that way, but I kind of like that. I was the only team with the most protected rivals now, or the only team with what? Three, three protected yeah. rivals, because at least we get three traditional big 10 games every year, but that might change now since they just added Oregon and Washington. But it's like, if you get a schedule, let's say we're in 2026, schedule comes out, and it's Iowa, Washington, Iowa, Maryland, Iowa, UCLA, Iowa, Northwestern. Like, that's a horrible schedule. Yeah, that's why I was kind of thinking, like, some sort of pods might make sense, because you got to have some continuity of playing the same teams consistently. Otherwise, you're never going to develop a natural rivalry. Like you can't one weekend be in Rutgers and the next weekend be in LA. I think that like that makes sense for a bunch of college kids that are allegedly going to class. Like that's just not possible to be doing all the time. Yeah. Well, how are they even going to do that for the non, like the nonprofit yeah, like soccer and tennis and golf? I have no I guess idea. Golf is just like tournaments, but that's that's people these these 
executives and people making these decisions don't care. They just yeah. care about they care about football, just care about football. And, yeah. and then and then a little basketball, I guess. And then everyone else is like, all right, I just figure it out. I don't I don't care about tennis. Like, like basically all four schools, five I mean USC, UCLA, and hypothetically here, Stanford, them joining the Big Ten, they're gonna dominate baseball every year. Those are like three of the top ten baseball programs. And now they're going to come in and they're going to play Purdue or, I mean, they're just going to kill everybody. That's a good yeah, point. I, yeah. And that has to hurt their good. recruiting too, because how many kids that are elite baseball recruits want to be on a plane to Indiana in March? In March, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So earlier, Hackford, I think you mentioned um, Florida State and Clemson. Where, where, how, where, do, like, where are they currently standing? What, what's going to happen with them? They're well. Their trust, the, the trustee from Florida State said it's not a matter of if; it's just like how and when they leave the ACC. And the ACC made a statement today how mad they were at Florida State. So, I are guess they going? Is it the SEC or the Big Ten? Where are they going? The odds in Vegas are like a slight edge to the Big Ten, but. You still have to think that like SEC has an edge if they want them, right? Yeah, well, they're pretty much up next, right? Because they're still at sixteen. The Big Ten's technically at eighteen now. Yeah. Do you think the SEC wants them? I think they would take yeah, Florida State and like a Clemson. That actually makes both states sense. are in states that SEC schools already playing. Yeah. That actually makes sense. Rather, Florida, than... Florida State rivalry. You could have that game most mm-hmm. years. Clemson, South Carolina, too. I mean, yeah. they, so both Florida, teams already play each other. Does Florida not already play Florida State every they, year? They do the last week of the, both those teams, those four schools. They all play each other the last week of the year, this year at least. Gotcha. Um, I I think I think Florida State to the Big Ten would feel even weirder than like Washington to the Big Ten. Personally, I don't know if the Big Ten wants that for like being able to say, hey, we go from the West Coast to the East Coast. But in terms of like when I was saying, I think at the beginning I mentioned there's three teams that I think have a chance to fill those two spots. And I said Stanford and I said Notre Dame and Notre Dame. I think time is ticking for them, because if you look at that, what we said at the very beginning, that's the six locks to make the playoff are the conference champions. So Notre Dame is going to have to be fighting for an at-large every single year. They have no automatic bid possible for them. So I think that's going to put a little pressure on them. But then the third team uh, was North Carolina. And I only say that because they've they've been in the rumor mill since like 2010 as a possible Big Ten team. And like academically, it kind of fits for them. And like it'd be good for basketball, but I just I feel like having one team out east doesn't make sense. So the twelve, think, go, go ahead. After. You're good. Go ahead. The twelve team playoff that came out, like the way it's going to be set up, came out before USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten and Texas Oklahoma. Yeah, went to the SEC. Is that right? That came out yeah. before that happened. I think so. So now it's like, aren't they going to have to change the format? Yeah, they Probably. basically made up a rule for something that doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, they're gonna have to, right? Because, well, yeah, I, it's 
how long is that contract for the 12 team playoff? Like, uh, if, if it's for, I'd if it's for like it. 10 years, then, okay, it runs through the 25, 26. Oh, really? oh so it's only three years? It says the original 12 year co- contract with the college football playoff. No, that's when the original contract was supposed oh, to Oh, the original four team, yeah. but they ended early. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I, I I hope they just reevaluate every two to three years instead of like six because we're stuck with the BCS for like 10 years and it was stupid. And then like the first couple of years, it was good. And then it's not good anymore. And then same with this 14 plaf. It was great. And then it's like, maybe this isn't so great. So maybe this 12 was going to be great for a couple of years. And then it, I could see it moving back down to like eight or six. I think you made a, a good point too, because when you said like the they did this before the realignment, what does winning the Pac-12 even mean? What is the Pac-12? Who's, yeah. who's in the Pac-12? I don't I don't know. They're gonna they have, have to what, change 18? the automatic bids. Yeah, because if the Pac-12, so whoever's left, let's say they add like UNLV and some of those schools. You taught me the champion of the newly formed Pac-12 is an automatic bid. They're just if gonna like, give them. They're just gonna give them an eleven or twelve seed. If there's like, but what if there's like a Iowa or someone in the SEC who's like middle of the pack, or like maybe top top third of the conference? They're sitting at like nine and three. No, but you're, their losses, you're you're right though. Like Tennessee in the SEC five years from now will probably go like eight and four, and they would crush Arizona mm-hmm. State, but yeah. they won't get the chance. It do, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I don't even – is the Pac-12 going to exist? I genuinely don't know. I think that's an entire – you could do an entire podcast on that alone because right now you just took the four best programs from that league and then you took one of the top three or four biggest markets in Colorado because you have Denver. <laughs> Who's their TV money? You have no Seattle, no Portland, no Los Angeles, no Denver. And now you just lost yeah. Arizona too. I mean, yeah. I, I want to make one more point too about Notre Dame. They already are like exclusively broadcasted on NBC and Peacock. And with Big Ten having some NBC games this year, it should be a pretty like smooth transition if they needed to. So I could totally see Notre Dame in the Big Ten by like 2026. Yeah, I agree. It's. The ACC will probably want them, but I don't know why anyone would want to go to the ACC if Florida State and Clemson leave. So I feel like once Florida State and Clemson leave, there's going to be some pressure on Notre Dame. But uh, real quick before we move on, I just want to say I kind of feel bad for the fan bases that are like Oregon State, Washington State. There's a good chance that they kind of end up left as like a G5 school after this. I, I mean, maybe not officially but they're going to get treated as one no one's ever gonna i don't know what conference is going to invite them so they're going to kind of be left out in the cold a word of advice for all those the fans of those schools just focus on the nfl it's not as big of a money grab and you'll actually see some some competitive games where everyone has a chance to win instead of it being skewed one way yeah everyone has a chance to win unless you're the king yeah. Cut this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I was trying to say unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs, does make any sense. 
You're good. Um, All right, so let's get into a recap of last year's season. Yeah. Uh, the playoff consisted of Georgia um, against Ohio State, which was by far the most competitive game. And then the other side was TCU-Michigan, which I guess was competitive too. Both though, semis were good. The se- yeah, the semis were great. Um, Slade, do you want to talk a little bit about um, Max Duggan and TCU? <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I think one of the beauties of this 12-team playoff that's coming is we're probably never going to see a fluke like we saw with TCU ever again. Um, they just I, – I, I, I'm still a little surprised they beat Michigan, but that's that's Jim Harbaugh being Jim Harbaugh. And uh, they got spanked when it mattered. Um, but Georgia was the best team, so no shame. They they entered the year as the favorites, and they, they won it all um, – the year before when they won, they were a little bit longer of shots. And then actually this year between 21, 22 and 23, this is the shortest odds they have to win the title. Um, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I'm just looking at the national title odds as of this morning. Uh, Georgia is the favorite again at plus 220, followed by another SEC team in Alabama, uh, then Ohio State and Michigan uh, those are the top four. And then if you want to go a little longer, it's LSU and Clemson. Um, there's no true Pac-12 team on that list, and that's with USC and UCLA still there. Um, I, I guess I want to get your guys' thoughts on if any of those jump out to you. I uh, Real quick. Can you re-ask this question in like one minute? I We just have breaking news right now. The Big 12 presidents and chancellors voted unanimously Friday night to admit Arizona State and Utah. Wait, what? Uh, as, as well as Arizona. This is 10 minutes ago. All three on the way. So to repeat that, Arizona State, Utah, and Arizona. All the Big 12. That leaves. Does anyone know how many teams are left uh, in the Pac-12? Like seven? Five? Four. There's four teams left in the conference. So it's, so it's Stanford, Wash State, Oregon Cal? State, Cal. 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 Yeah. And Stanford, Stanford's got to be begging the Big Ten for a spot now because if what's their other option? The Mountain West? Disbanding football? This is the last year the Pac 12 will ever exist. So the Pac 12 after Pac-12? dark, soak that in. Who's the Pac-12 commissioner, and how is he so terrible at his job? Like, how do you, how does UC, USC just get up one day and like, yeah, we're going to the Big Ten? That should never happen. It'd be like Ohio State going to the Big Ten and being like, yeah, we're actually going to go play in the SEC now. The <laughs> the commissioner of the Pac-12, his name's George Klyevkov. He's he's had the position only since 2021. So literally, the second that he got the job, the Pac-12 just imploded. He literally did nothing right to keep the conference. Yeah, <laughs> that is horrible, dude. They so, lost. They've lost six teams in the last 24 hours. Yeah. All right. We we've talked we've talked alignment for far too long let's get back into last year's preview and for part two of this podcast if there's anything else we need to add because we're gonna we're gonna tape like a week from now 
I'm sure there's there's going to be some other hot topics to discuss with teams moving. So, what what was your question before? Um, I guess I was just reading off the favorites for this year. It's 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 a lot of usual suspects. It's Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, LSU, Clemson. Um, I guess we have three of the top six teams being in that SEC. I personally am a little not to spoil one of my picks for next episode or whatever, but Bama has the second best odds. Seems a little surprising to me when I saw it, given that they won, missed the playoff last year with with the number one overall pick at quarterback. Two, LSU is has the fifth best odds, and they're in the same division, let alone the same conference. And then three, they have they have a uh, their line for this like the season is like ten wins, their win total. So like Vegas already thinks that they're probably a going to lose two games. Um, so that one surprised me a little. They don't even know their quarterback yet. They have like a three or four guy race. Um, I'm So I'm on the record. My first bet of this pod is going to be Alabama under. And that is – go ahead. I think what's interesting about the – what is this? The top six teams right here. Yeah. Is that – what, four out of the six are going to have new quarterbacks? Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Clemson. Klubnik didn't play the entire year. And then LSU is bringing back Daniels, right? And then Michigan mm-hmm. has has JJ. McCarthy, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I think I kind of like Bama out of this list, to be honest, to go opposite of you. Just because, you know, Saban's just stirring inside the last two years. Georgia winning it all they I guess my reasoning is at, this is going to be the worst quarterback play Alabama's probably had in a decade uh, I would be I mean unless someone comes out of nowhere which is always possible but they how often does Nick Saban bring in a transfer quarterback I mean that I tells know, me he though, doesn't have a lot of faith they don't win with like well they do win with really good quarterbacks but um Coiner, what what are those what are those quarterbacks that Bam was one with that like didn't get drafted or maybe got drafted but didn't do anything? Was it Jake or Blake Barnett? It's one of those. Yeah, two. Coker. Yeah, yeah. AJ McCarron. I guess they had that Sims guy the year they lost in the semis, but they made it to the playoff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we got we got. So <laughs> the pat the past like four years, it's all been NFL guys: Bryce Young, Mac Jones, Tua, Jalen Hurts. Then it's Blake Barnett, Cooper Bateman in 2015. Does anyone remember that? No. no. Jake Coker, Blake Sims, and then you had AJ McCarron, Greg McElroy, both pretty good. Um, John Parker Wilson, good old Brody Croyle. Uh, he was drafted by the Chiefs. Um, yeah. So. Well, Quinter, are you a Bill O'Brien guy? Do you think he knows what he's doing on offense? Yeah, I do. He just left Alabama to be the OC of the Patriots. So they brought in – Alabama brought in Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator from Notre Dame, and brought that quarterback who sucked for them last year, Tyler Buckner or whatever. So they like they still haven't decided who's the starter. So they're just splitting reps all camp. I don't, I don't ever like to hear that. It doesn't even – like, don't they have a five-star running back? Probably. Which is what I, which is what I want to talk last about. Last year too, and they when, didn't, when they missed the playoff, and they also had Bryce Young. 
Yeah, but you see the games they lost last year? I, I know. They should have been in last year. They're better than TCU. We're better than TCU. We just hold them to such high standards. And then you talk about like Bill O'Brien leaving. It's like as good as Bill O'Brien is at his job, Nick Saban is 10 times better at his job. And part of his job is finding the next OC. So that doesn't even matter to me. That doesn't move the needle much. All right. I guess we disagree to disagree. Hey, if you feel so good about it, why don't you lay the uh, Alabama not? Listen, no, listen. Alabama to not win the national title at minus a thousand. You feel so good about it. Why would I do that when I can just take under ten and a half wins? You just you just seem pretty confident that they're not even a contender. So if you're that confident, just lay the thousand. I can I can lay one eighty four and get it under ten and a half. Okay. They LSU. And not to jump ahead to some Heisman talk, but LSU has a QB who's second in the Heisman preseason. They're in the same division. Hack, I know, I know Hack likes Texas AM. They're gonna give him a game. Watch out for Texas AM. 20 starters back. I, what if the SEC just totally beats each other up this year? I'm more of looking towards the Big 12. Texas literally has nobody. They don't have to play anybody. It's all a bunch mm-hmm. of just random middle class teams, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's not going to be good. You know it, what? They, so I'm, I'm not they're going to make the playoffs and you can get them at 25 to 1 and then find a way to hedge out. They're probably not going to beat Georgia, but if they get to the title and you have 25 to 1 sitting in your pocket, it's pretty easy to secure a profit. Yeah. Thank I you. Think. Thank you for saying Texas plays a bunch of nobodies because our friends at um on 3 has four Big 12 teams in the top 10 for toughest schedules. Who is that? Let me They play around Robin, right? Or no, not they anymore. They have more teams. Yeah. They have West Virginia at number three. They have Houston at seven, Iowa State at eight, and Kansas State at 10 for the toughest schedules. Let me read you Kansas State's non-conference record. Kansas State. Yep. Kicks it off against Southeast Missouri State at home. Jesus. Then they play Troy at home. Then at Missouri. And then um, just th- their Big 12 slate. I-, I guess I'm a little confused because I know, you, Corner, you just said Texas plays nobody. But these teams all are in the same conference. And Texas plays Alabama at Alabama week two. So how you're are the they not saying, in the top ten? Yeah, you're the one saying Alabama's not any good. I'm just saying yeah. that. I'm just saying how are they not in the top ten? But like a Kansas State, Kansas State's not playing Alabama in the non-conference. That on three must really think highly of Texas, like I do. Houston's okay. schedule might even be worse. They play UTSA, which they're actually decent, but at Rice, and then Sam Houston, and they don't even play Oklahoma. They just play Texas out of the top two favorite yeah the two favorite yeah with twins, the new so. with the new split and the conference it's not a round robin anymore so some like half the big 12 isn't going to play can or oklahoma or texas they're only going to play probably one of them and texas yeah. and oklahoma are going to keep playing each other so i just would have guessed texas would have been in one of the top 10 but so real, real quick with my texas 25 to 1 recommendation Stop me when you think there's a loss. Week one against Rice, 
Week two is at Bama. If they win that game, they can afford to lose another game later. They could the probably lose two. Because that game will just give them a competitive advantage over, like, I don't know, some random team who hasn't beaten an elite team that's, or it's the end of the year, like a Washington who's only beaten Oregon. Those those two mediocre teams about to join the Big Ten. So then they have Wyoming, Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma's a rivalry game. That could be tough, I guess, but I, I just don't see it. Houston, BYU, Kansas State, TCU, who they lost all their good players. Iowa State, their quarterback could be going to prison for betting on his own team. <laughs> and then Texas Tech. Like, I just, I don't see more than, as long as they get through Alabama, which Slade thinks Alabama is the worst team in college football, I just don't see, I don't see multiple losses on their schedule. So give me the 25 to 1, and we will talk about this come January, and we'll hedge that bet. Make a t shirt. Slade thinks Alabama is the worst team in college football. That's a little wordy, but yeah, I'll, I'll mock something up. Anyone else like any outrights? Crickets, yeah. You guys, I'll, I'll just speak for these two. We like Georgia to run it back at plus 225. And honestly, that's not a bad bet, you guys, because they have the most talent. Um, only team arguably with more talent could be Michigan. Did you guys see what Jim Harbaugh was saying? He thinks they're going to break the record for most draft picks um, this next year. Well, I'm glad he says that about his own team. That's nice of him. Um, <laughs> I guess when I look at it, I kind of want to – I think I'm going to wait like two weeks before I play this, before I play a national title winner because uh, it goes back to what Hack said, that like four <laughs> of these six teams are going to have a new quarterback. So I can't sit here and tell you what I think of – Kyle McCord or um, what's his name? Carson Beck at Georgia. Like some of these guys, we haven't seen them play. And I'm not going to be some guy who's just like, oh, I, I watched his YouTube highlight tape. Uh, so I, I'm going to wait a few weeks, get a feel for those guys before I play anything. How I just don't get why people care so much about the Georgia QB. No one was high on Stets at Bennett in 2021. They won the title, correct? No yeah. one was high on him in 2022, and he did it again. So why do we need to be high on any Georgia QB when he can just be I, decent? Well, I think there's a, a difference between being high on him for NFL prospects and being high on him as a college quarterback. Because Stetson Bennett was a good college quarterback. I just don't think he, he was just never going to be an NFL guy, which is different, I think. Well, he's going to be starting games for the Rams this year. Good for here for Stafford. Stafford will get shut down halfway through the year. And also a little bonus preview to the, to the NFL. Worst record in the NFL this year is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. Just saying. Are they in, are they in tank mode? They are in tank mode. Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald will both be traded. At least one of them will end up on the Browns, which will be nice. But Gotcha. Okay, Heisman odds. Um, I mean, Caleb Williams is returning. I mean, he's five to one. I don't know about you guys. I don't like betting on like a returning favorite. I just feel like there's voter fatigue and fan fatigue, and I just think people are. I mean, we've had what two of them, three of them ever. So I wouldn't put my money there, but I think he's the best player 
and he's going to go number one overall. How, how good is he going to have to be to win it again? Archie Griffin did it in 1974 and 75. So I just feel like they're not going to want to put him in that super exclusive list. We don't really have anything to compare anything other to compare in like uh in the NCA uh in NCA football but like in the, in the NBA Jokic just dominated all year and then didn't win MVP because they didn't want him to be the back to back to back MVP there, yeah. there's humans voting for this and they're stuck in their ways and they want these awards to match a certain narrative and, and unfortunately that's just how it goes and last year there just really wasn't like I'm a, like USC didn't even make the playoff and Caleb Williams was a great, obviously, but I just think that they're like out of all the power teams last year, like you said, Stetson Bennett was like, he just like, wasn't considered like this awesome player for the best team. Like, obviously if you're on the best team, like the, the, the standard for like winning that the Heisman, you, your individual performance doesn't have to be as great. Uh, I, unless you're really high on USC as like a team, I think I would stay away from Caleb Williams. Um, Last year's Heisman, Caleb Williams won, Duggan two, Stroud, Bennett, Hendon Hooker, Bryce Young seven, Blake Corum. Do you think Blake Corum, who's coming off an injury uh, back at Michigan this year, do you think he has any chance? Or do you think because he's going to be splitting snaps, um, he can't he can't win? He's sitting there at 50 to one. I wouldn't take I don't it. Know. Who's the last running back to win? Uh, did Derrick Henry win it? Yeah, I think he did. And Mark Ingram like, did. I know that. Was Derrick Henry like 2015? So the last running back, we have Mark Ingram in 2009, Derrick Henry in 2015. Other than that, all, okay. all QBs plus Devontae Smith. Yeah, I don't know. My pick is Michael Penix Jr. He's an absolute dog. The only problem is, is Washington, like like you were saying, if they don't make it to the playoff, or even if they don't make it to the Pac-12 championship, if it's Oregon and um, USC. USC, then that kind of takes him out. But <clears throat> I think I think at was he plus sixteen hundred? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he definitely like he started at Indiana, right? So he yeah. has a better team around him, better O line. Showed some flashes last yeah. year. I mean, I've looked Riley at the lost two pick sixes <laughs> off Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've looked at like the preseason odds for the like the last. 10, 15 years for like the Heisman. And like the guy who wins is usually not someone who's in that top two or three going into the year. It happens, but it's not a super common thing. Like just looking back um, historically, like Joe Burrow came out of nowhere. Lamar Jackson came out of nowhere. Derrick Henry was 25 to one and Kyler Murray was 30 to one. Robert Griffin, 28 to one. Like, I just don't think you're going to make money very often if you're taking the favorites. Um, it, it just like Baker was even 10 to one. And like, I felt like he, he was kind of like on a stacked stack team stack situation. Um, 
you know, all it takes is is having a really good record and obviously playing well. But I'm sure, like Baker season, he had that shootout with Patrick Mahomes where they, he threw mm-hmm. like six touchdowns. Like if you have a couple of those games and you have twelve touchdowns right there, just like totally inflates your odds. And then you basically just have to get to get to the playoff. Yeah, my yeah. my pick. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, and we know that the pack the Pac-12 plays patty cake football, so. Michael Penix Jr. could easily have a couple does six tutty games. Does that work against him though? If the Pac-12 is now even more, like even more than a year ago, it's viewed inferior. Even if they haven't like really realigned yet, I feel like people are just so down on them as a whole. No, 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 no. As long as they have USC and UCLA, they're fine. He's going to be Michael Penix Jr. You heard it here first. The last QB out of the Pac-12 to win the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> Uh, my pick, if I if I had to pick somebody, like I said, I'm going to wait a few weeks. Uh, but if I had to pick somebody, I'd take Klubnik out of Clemson because, one, I think Clemson's the preseason favorite for the ACC. That gives them a good chance to make the playoff, too. He was like a five-star recruit. Uh, we've seen quarterbacks at Clemson have success. And then, three, I if, if you followed TCU last year, you would know that TCU's offensive coordinator made Max Duggan look a lot better than he really is. Uh, that was Garrett Riley, the younger brother of Lincoln Riley, who some might say is the best coach in college football on the offensive side of the ball, especially. Uh, he was TCU's offensive coordinator last year. He just left and is now the uh, offensive coordinator at Clemson. So I think I would, I'm going to keep an eye on him. I'm going to see how he looks the first couple weeks. Um, I mean, Clemson's line, you can get them at over nine and a half wins if you want to lay 188. But um, I guess their their three biggest games are Notre Dame, Florida State, and North Carolina, and those are all at home. So he's going to have chances to play on a big stage. What is Florida State's odds to win the ACC? Oh, God. They were their second best. I think they're just... Let me see. Yeah, I I can look up the conference winners. I I don't want to forget about Quinn Ewers too, the Texas quarterback. If I think they're going to go to the playoffs, I need to bet him to win the Heisman too. He's somewhere between like twelve and sixteen to one, so shop around for that. I think he's going to put up big numbers. He's got um, Peyton Manning's nephew Arch Manning just breathing down his neck. He's he he want he's he has to do something to keep the job, so he's going to do that. And I think. Yeah. I think he'll be at least one of the one of the finalists standing up there. Uh, yeah. Come decision time. As for the ACC title, Clemson is plus one fifty. Florida State's plus one seventy five. And then there's a huge drop. Louisville a nine to one. And then this is interesting. Drake May and North Carolina ten to one. A lot of people have Drake May as the second mm-hmm. overall prospect in the in the upcoming NFL draft. Do you think he can do enough to? be in the Heisman talk or at least try to win the conference. I think he can do enough to be in the conversation, but yeah, I, I don't think team. he has a chance to win because his team sucks. Yeah. I I guess when I look at the Heisman, there's a lot of those quarterbacks that Hack mentioned that are going to have opportunities um, at those bigger schools. But Another name that I have been keeping an eye on is uh, Penn State's quarterback. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's Aller, A-L-L-A-R. He was the number one QB recruit out of high school, for Penn, and he's at Penn State. 
So he's going to be a true sophomore. Um, he's 25 to one. Um, but if you're making that bet, you're basically saying that you think Penn State's going to win the Big Ten. And we're not going to get into that today, but it might be a good long shot play. Just curious, what are Cade uh, McNamara's odds to win the Heisman Trophy? Uh, I only found him on one book, and it was, God, I don't even know, a lot. So Cade McNamara, just tra- he just transferred from uh, Michigan to join the Iowa Hawks. He's sitting there at 200 to one on FanDuel. Um, okay. He, in a similar category, he's with, Kadan Slovis, who I think is just transferred to his 80th school, <laughs> yeah. and he's with Graham Mertz, <laughs> and oh, then and then also Spen- Spen- Spencer Sanders. Where is Spencer Sanders? That is disrespectful. I think he's at Spencer Ole Miss Sanders now. is at Ole Miss now. That'll be interesting. The Graham Mertz um, same odds is disrespectful because Florida doesn't have a chance in hell of doing anything. They were on that graphic of the t- hardest schedules. I, I, and I Grant Mertz, it's a bloodbath. Grant Mertz has film of him being absolutely horrible. What two years? See, see the start yeah. for two years at Wisconsin. Three years. Yeah. COVID year twenty one and twenty two. I think that just I think that just means Cade McNamara is just going to be a middle of the road QB. Um, just but because middle of the road QB is better than Grant Mertz, based on the film. Maybe. I mean, Graham Mertz is a starting SEC quarterback. So what? <laughs> Dude, Graham Mertz could go play in the Pac-12 and dominate. He'd be fine. Put him, put him, put him. He put couldn't him on, dominate uh, against. He can't. Dominate yeah, against he can't dominate against the Big Ten West. He, he played fine. He did fine. Didn't, didn't Wisconsin make a Big Ten title game when he was. No. When he. No, no. He played fine. You said you said Matt Corner. Can you can you yeah, pull the tape? Can you ch- pull some receipts? Twenty twenty one. Graham Mertz. Thirteen games played. Ten touchdowns. Eleven picks. Fifty nine and a half completion percentage. Twenty twenty. <laughs> his best year. COVID year. Uh. Nine touchdowns, five picks, sixty-one percent completion Sheesh. percentage. Sounds pretty good to me. And then, and I guess twenty twenty last year was nineteen touchdowns, ten picks. That sounds like a, sounds like a pretty pretty good QB. And he struggled in twenty twenty one. Maybe he was literally just traumatized by a national pandemic. So I'm gonna just write that year off. Twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty two. He played well. And I could see him playing well again this year. I, I, I would, I would rather bet him at two hundred to one than Cade McNamara. But how is hey, Cade McNamara? Cade, Mac, Cade McNamara has Eric All. That's what you guys are about to tell me. He is a third round NFL tight end to throw. And to. He's yeah, our he second first string tight end. Yeah, he said yeah. he's got a first round yeah. tight end with him. With Lachey, yeah, I know. Um, but speaking of Florida, because their schedule was on that list, I think they have a pretty tough schedule. I mean, they have Georgia in their own division. Um, and then they also play Florida State to finish their year. So it would take a lot for for Florida to do anything really this year. They also have to play Tennessee. They also played Utah in the knockout. Week one, right? Yeah. 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 At Utah. So, yeah, they, that's 
at LSU. Yeah, they actually have a legit hard schedule. Yeah, I mean, so I, good we're luck not going to We're pulling for them. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> we'll not have, the Big we'll Ten West anymore, is it? We'll get you a <laughs> we'll Merck jersey when he's on we'll the bench him. by week four. I'll have a weekly segment, just the Graham Mertz update. It'll be a lot of another hum ho, three touchdowns, two hundred eighty <laughs> yards passing. Yeah. passing week. It's going to be Mertz. a lot of eleven completions on seventeen attempts for one hundred forty-one <laughs> yards, one pick, one TD, and a and a seventeen to thirteen loss. Um, oh, only, speak- only time will tell, my friend. Yeah, they'll. I don't know. They'll be playing in the Insight Bowl if that exists anymore. Uh, but looking ahead, we're not going to give our, our thoughts too much. But the the week one big matchup, I think, is LSU and Florida State. So I, I'm excited about that one. Texas and Bama, we already talked about a little bit. Um, Notre Dame and Ohio State will be in September, as well as Clemson and Florida State, which is probably a preview of the ACC title game. Um, any other thoughts on that? <laughs> That on three schedule while you have it pulled up, toughest schedules. No, I mean it's just the four Big Twelve schools just jump off the page. You don't have any thoughts on Iowa State being on that list? I mean, they play the Hawks, so that's pretty tough. So for those of you who aren't aren't aware, but I don't know why on three is respecting the Big Twelve slate so much. For those of you who aren't aware, the uh, Iowa State's quarterback—I think I think someone already said it—but he um, got criminally charged for allegedly uh, gambling on on college sports while underage, using his parents' identity, and he bet on a game his team played. So he's probably done. Um, I I don't know about you guys. I think some of this is kind of silly. Obviously, betting on your own team is pretty bad. But it, I don't know why the state of Iowa is the only team that's do, looking at this. It it is silly. I just think that maybe the police in Iowa have nothing else better to yeah. do than to crack down, which isn't a bad thing. You know, we all were born and raised in Iowa. It's a good place to to grow up and have a family. But this is this is a sports betting podcast. But I'm just going to give some life advice right now. If you find yourself in a tough situation and someone is criminally investigating you. I would highly suggest not destroying or tampering evidence. I would just I would just turn everything in and take your own medicine and deal with the repercussions um, and just hope you get off easy. And I'll leave it at that. That and that is life advice with Matt Corner. <laughs> yep. Yep. Any other life ad- advice questions, tweet at us or email and, and I'll let you guys know. The I think it's also, I think some of it's kind of stupid when like these guys are betting on like NBA, like there's like wrestlers, like big 10 wrestlers getting investigated for betting $7 on an NBA game. Like, I don't, I don't really see the problem there. Betting on your own school, I I could see, but betting like NBA as a college baseball player doesn't really bother me a whole lot. Like you said, I just think the police have nothing else to do. And that NCA yeah. probably has nothing else to do because of all this NIL stuff. Like they can't police any of that anymore. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into the betting stuff. I feel like there's just going to be another story every single week where someone, someone was found betting like $10,000 worth of stuff, but it turns out they just made like, like 
$210 bets or something. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, it's a slow news cycle right now. People are just ready for college football. We got week zero coming up, um, August 26th. And one, one, um, game I'm excited for is Hawaii at vendor Vanderbilt. That's going to be a total degenerate betting fest. So get tuned in for that one. We'll be betting the over on that. I'm sure. Hawaii is actually traveling to Vanderbilt, or is that neutral side? No, it's at uh, no, it's in Nashville. Yeah, it's in Vanderbilt. Good for that. We're betting the house on that. Yeah, that's gonna be in our six pack. (laughs) Other week zero matchups to look forward to. Like I said, this is twenty two days away on the twenty sixth. Navy at Notre Dame. Do they normally play week one? Not week one thing. San Jose State at USC. Ohio at San Diego State. Yeah, so not not a whole lot going on, but then going into week one, the actual week one, we start games on uh, Thursday, Friday, and then obviously the first big Saturday of the, of the football season. So, Speaking of the Ohio Bobcats, can we talk about Matt Campbell in year seven, I believe, in Ames? That's a, that's Take- a good way to end the show, yeah. Taking his football team on the road to, I believe, what is it, Athens, Ohio? Is that where the Bobcats play? I believe Good old so. Matt. Yeah, on the road. How so down he was bad at, of he, a program gets me to do that? He was at Toledo before, right? He just wants a little like halfway homecoming game. Yeah. Has a Big Ten team ever done that? No, there's no way. Traveling to a Mac school? No. Do they get paid? Do you think? Oh, who? Ohio? No, like usually, like Iowa State would pay Ohio to come to Ames. Are they getting paid to go play in Ohio? I think it probably it probably works the same. Iowa State probably still has to pay Ohio just to play them, but instead they're going to travel. It's a horrible idea. Maybe they get a discount. Times are tough in Ames. (laughs) That athletic department. But yeah, just, we're not going to give you a million dollars this year. How about five hundred thousand? But we'll travel to you guys to play. Their athletic director, Jamie Pollard, said that essentially they're just doing it to save money. They're like, we're going oh there; it's free, so we're going there. Um, you know what's not free? Losing on the road and losing your whole season because of that. Yeah. So good luck with that. Um. Which honestly, wait, what week is that? Does anyone know? I think it's week one, right? It's week three. It's right oh. after the Iowa game. Oh, I was gonna say if it was week one with a new QB who hasn't gotten a ton of reps in, you never really know what could happen. But I, they'll they'll probably win. Um, but we'll do a little preview into that game. Into that game. So. Yeah, I I think Hack and I can do our own pod on just Iowa football, but we'll we'll spare everybody. Um, any, any initial thoughts that you want to get out to the audience? About Iowa football for this year? Yeah. I mean, they're sitting at second best odds in the West plus 260 behind Wisconsin. That's what it comes down to every year is beating Wisconsin. This year it's in Madison. So it's going to be, it's going to be a, 
I don't know. Usually I would say it'd be a 13 to 10 ball game, but who knows what, what Fickles yeah, got cooking up there. Um, yeah. I think they're one of the more interesting teams. They're going to be interesting because they have the air raid offense, but they still have like the old roster makeup. So they kind of have like a one to two year period where they can kind of play two ways. And they lost yeah. Jim Leonard. So they kind of lost some of their identity as like a program, I feel like, too. I, I want I want to talk about Jim Leonard for a second. Everyone's hyping him up as a great coach. Admittedly, me as well. Why is he just at Illinois? If if he was that good of a coach, why couldn't he land somewhere else? Illinois is horrible. I mean, he's just I a specialist. The, he's kind of taking a gap here. He's not even allowed to coach. Yeah, I think I think he kind of just got screwed by like this coaching carousel cycle because technically he was still on. Because Fickle coached the bowl game with Wisconsin, right? And Jim mm-hmm. Leonard yeah. was still like DC technically. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know when he Fickle initially was said like, he was going to stay on or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. He'll yeah, be somewhere else know. next he'll be, year. Yeah, he'll be a DC at some big program at the very least. I think Iowa and Wisco both have a line around eight nine wins. Um, I saw that today FanDuel has like odds if you want to do like a team, you, you can do like 10 plus wins. So they just have to win 10 games. Uh, they What's interesting is they did Iowa at plus 200 to win 10 games or more. Um, but then you also can get the West at plus 260. And so if you were going to bet the Hawks and I'll save my, my pick for next week. But um, if you are going to bet the Hawks and you are going to take the over, you might as well bet the Big Ten West winning that at two, plus 260 because I find it hard to believe that if Iowa goes 10-2 and two, that they aren't winning the West. That would mean Wisconsin goes 11-1 and one or 10-2 and two in BC head-to-head, and they have Ohio State on their schedule. So they'd have to like run the table. That's a good point. That's a good point. There's plenty of different ways to, to make bets, so – um, especially like looking at these, these season totals, if you have uh, a really strong feeling about one, one team, try to see if you have any alt overs. Cause there's, there's a lot of juice you can get. You can bet like, you know, plus 200 for a team to have eight wins on an over six and a half. If you really think they can get that extra win. So, um, do we have anything else before we wrap the show up? Um, Sounds like we're good. I think I think we got, we're good. It's it's hard to get into some of this without giving uh, like actual picks. I don't want to yeah. spoil anything, but I think I think I'm good. Yeah. So yes. come next week, we will look at um, each of the conferences. We'll look at. Uh, we'll probably just go one by one, um, conference wise. We'll look at uh, the division winning odds, uh, the total conference winning odds and then looking at uh over unders or any other unique market that's out there so um looking forward to that we got hackford he's going on vacation next week to phoenix and he basically just told us he's going to dedicate his vacation to putting in some research and crunching some numbers yeah he's he's going to the arizona arizona and arizona state drop by those new big 12 institutions Mm mm-hmm that is yep. correct. Yeah. We we appreciate the dedication. Um and yeah, we're we're looking forward to next week. But yeah, you'll hear us again most likely on Tuesday. 
Um, and we'll have another six pack for you. We'll probably look at the upcoming week of baseball, kind of break down the standings, kind of where we're at. Um, I do want a, a call back to last week's episode. Brady Cheezel did a real nice job kind of breaking down the MLB and especially the Cubs schedule. His plays went one and one last week. The, the Justin Steele strikeout total went over, but the Strider strikeout total went under by one because he was only able to go like six and a third or something. I don't think he finished the seven innings. So that's all right. He did say he thought that the Cubs needed to win three out of four against the Reds. They accomplished that. And while they lost to the Braves today, they've still won like 14 out of their last 17 games. So yep. and they're doing forget, what they need to do. And yep. don't forget in the very first our, in our pilot episode, I think you gave Yankees minus 120 to miss the playoffs. You've got to be feeling pretty good about that right now. Yeah, that team's toast. They um, Didn't they just have someone else get injured for them? Oh, yeah, Rizzo. <laughs> yeah, he's on the eye out the concussion. Yeah, so free Anthony Rizzo, except I don't really know where else he would go. I guess, oh, I guess now that the AL and NL both has a DH, he can fit in somewhere and, and play first base half the time. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into more MLB next week, but um, yeah, so this was episode five of the chat, G, or excuse me, chat GPT, bet GPT podcast. Um, yeah, we really appreciate everyone tuning in. If you could give us five stars on the Apple Podcasts app, as well as Spotify, we'd really appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your family. Um, I just ordered 250 stickers with a QR code to our link tree. So I'm just going to be pasting those all over LA. So if you're hearing this because you scanned one of our, um, one of our link tree stickers, I really appreciate it. Um, we're also going to be releasing merch within the next couple weeks, probably for football season. Um, so a bunch of t-shirts, maybe some koozies, some stickers. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, also one last thing, um, we're going to start uploading videos on our YouTube and TikToks. So if you get a chance, uh, feel free to subscribe to our YouTube and then repost our TikToks as well. Did I, did I cover everything there, Slade? I think so, sir. Okay. Can All I right. call Slade out before we go or should I save Absolutely. it for the next, for the next give us, pod? Give us a, give us like a teaser, but don't, uh, I don't know. Do what is this going to be? One of it could be two things. It could be Caleb Johnson or the conspiracy behind Brian Ferentz and on the gambling. No, I didn't say that. I said it. We can get into that. I did not say that. Hey, hey, we're saving it for the next episode. I'll let I'll let I'll let that simmer. Slade, you hey, better one have other, your one last thing. Um there is a non-zero chance that for our Iowa fan listeners. Um, we might be doing some like instant reaction pods. Um, maybe it'll just be me and Coiner. Maybe it'll just be me and Hack. I don't know, but I w- there's a good chance we're going to have some thoughts when those games are over, win or lose. So um, if you're just an Iowa fan, um, that those might be of interest to you. I don't know if we'll release them on the same channel or how it'll work, but just a heads up. Yeah, I mean, we can, especially like if, if you want to just talk for 10 or 15 minutes. We don't yeah, really need quick. to get into betting plays. We can talk about like in-season win totals and stuff too. Or um, I, I wish it would be possible to like get on at halftime and, and quickly post it and like bet and like give like a live bet recommendation. Maybe we can start going live on TikTok. Um, yep. That'd be something we could do later this year. But yep, yeah, be fun. thanks everybody. Yeah, I think you're forgetting everybody. one last thing. One last thing. Oh yeah, our our What's friends that? are releasing a podcast, so we'll we'll give yes. them a plug ne- next episode. But for our soccer fans, 
uh, next week. Soccer Pod is coming out, part of the network. Um, so stay tuned for that yeah. as well. Yep. Okay. Thanks, everybody. This has been episode five of the Bet GPT podcast. We will see you guys later. Thanks.